What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. everyone and welcome to episode 382 of the Battery Power Podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Monday, December 12th, and just about 18 hours ago, I was talking to my co-host Scott Coleman on this particular show. We kind of made fun of the fact that we have a track record necessarily of uh, the Braves making deals after we record podcasts. They did give us like, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 hours, but they didn't wait super long. Scott, we will be reacting to a blockbuster trade on this Monday, unexpectedly in some respects. How are we feeling on this Monday evening? A, a big trade, and there are many, many layers to it. Uh, I think my top line thoughts to kick off the podcast is that Sean Murphy is an awesome baseball player. I mean, the guy can really play and play at a premium position at catcher. Um, there was a little bit of intrigue and unknowing this afternoon just because you had three teams involved. You don't get a three-way trade every day, and um, it's the first time in a while the Braves have been involved in one, but there is certainly no shortage of things to talk about here with you, Brad. Yeah, not a uh, not a slow day on this Monday. We kind of it wasn't super slow, but as we discussed on Sunday's episode. By the way, that episode's still relevant. So if you're a new listener to the podcast, we definitely welcome you aboard, and we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. And we talked about stuff that still holds up on that Sunday show less than 24 hours ago. But we'll spend the majority or all of the podcast talking about this massive three team deal. It's the first time the Braves have done a three team deal since 2015. That was the, uh, I guess, ill-fated Alex Wood, Hector Oliveira trade, Scott, which I know you remember fondly. It was uh, like it was yesterday. Seven yeah, years that, ago. that was, I think that was the trade from the John Coppola era that got away. I, I just, I wish I was in the room that day. So I could be like, <laughs> John, buddy, I don't know about this one, man. The, the streets are saying, don't do it. And as we know, it, it didn't turn out super well. It didn't go well. This one's going to be a lot uh, easier to talk about than that one was. And you said it, Sean Murphy is awesome. We did talk about Sean Murphy a couple weeks ago. There was a report from Mark Feinsand, who I'm not trying to make fun of, but he backtracked very fast off of that report in the middle of that cycle. And uh, I'm not sure if he gets credit or not for being first on this. I, I would say no, probably, because he literally he literally reported the Braves were not going to trade for Sean Murphy about I don't know, eight days ago. But anyway, it was out there in the ether. There was a little bit of rumbling. This is not one of those deals that Anthopolis just got to announce. Um, Jeff Passan broke the story, and then it was a slow trickle for, I don't even know, was it a half hour? Was it an hour? Scott, you were following this thing live. How long before we actually got the details from the first report from Passing? Because it was it was a long time. It felt, it felt like a very extended stretch. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think it was at least an hour and a half from the first report of we have a deal to having a better idea of what the finalized package was going to be. And I'm guessing because it's the middle of the offseason, I think somebody reported they were having trouble reaching some of the players involved in the deal. But yeah, it was it was an unconventional deal. 
you probably get that. You're more likely to get it than the team announcement when you're dealing with three different front offices. But uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it kind of grabbed everybody's attention. Everyone was like, oh, who's moving? Who's going? We knew Sean Murphy right away, uh, but the return was really the the question. It was, and that's always important. Uh, we are going to focus on Murphy quite a bit on the show because he is a star and that's not a, he's not a big name necessarily. Uh, before we start recording, you and I are talking about this, but just to kind of put it out there, Sean Murphy as a reputation of like, you know, maybe just the average Braves fan or the casual baseball fan, they don't know about Sean Murphy. He doesn't have the profile of a GT Real Muto or a star level guy. And I think that is maybe coloring some of the reaction to this. But just to put it plainly, like you said earlier, Sean Murphy is awesome. He was a star this year. He is a top three catcher in the sport by the numbers for the last three seasons. Like he is really, really, really good, um, which is kind of just the background of why this would happen. So the details are as follows, at least on the brave side, we, we're going to kind of maybe poke fun at the A's, but not go through all the uh, machinations, but the Braves are getting Sean Murphy. That is the entire return for the Braves. The Braves are sending out a lot of things. William Contreras is the headliner, the uh, very interesting catcher slash DH, um, who was had a great year this year, et cetera. Manny Pena, the veteran who got hurt this year, uh, backup catcher, is going to Oakland. Kyle Muller, longtime Braves prospect, heading to Oakland. Freddie Tarnock, um, right-handed reliever, uh, probably reliever prospect. Um, Roy Salinas is going to Oakland as well. And then Justin Yeager is going to Milwaukee. Um, you know, we, there are other guys involved going from Milwaukee to Oakland, et cetera. But that's the Braves-centric return and send out. Um, before we dive into the A's, here, Scott, I'm going to ask you for the, your broad take, and then we'll kind of go into the details because I feel like it's just kind of worth saying right now before we get in any deeper. What was your reaction in like the positive or negative direction? Because I think a look, this is this is one where unlike a lot of Braves trades, there really were some split reactions, and I think I saw a little bit more negativity than usual. I wonder where you fell on on that scale. Yeah, it's a fascinating trade. Um, I I think my confusion or unknowingness really came from why the Milwaukee Brewers were included <laughs> at all. Agreed. Uh, I mean, when, when it came out that it was a three-way deal and it was first reported that Sean Murphy was going to the Braves. Okay, great. Very likely that Sean Murphy is going to be the best player in the deal, which is important when you're making trades, you generally want to acquire the best player in, involved unless you're the re- rebuilding side of it. Um, and, and then we knew that William Contreras pretty early on was going to Milwaukee. And it was like, whoa, what kind of deal are we about to see here? Because obviously Sean Murphy was from Oakland and not Milwaukee. And it was like, well, who is Milwaukee including? Is Milwaukee sending pieces to Atlanta? Are they sending pieces to Oakland? And I think that was kind of the the real confusion for a solid hour. And maybe not everybody was following it minute by minute on social media and online, but I, there was some real question marks about who was getting moved. Um, I, I don't know what the Oakland Athletics are doing. I really don't. <laughs> I, I know that they were kind of getting beat up on today on Twitter, rightfully so. Yes. Because effectively, the Braves just traded for Sean Murphy, who is very, very good. He signed for three more years. William Contreras, which I guess makes sense. I mean, I guess I didn't necessarily see Contreras, a catcher slash DH, getting traded for another catcher, even if Murphy is infinitely better defensively. And, and then that that's essentially the trade for me, right? I had a feeling Manny Pena was probably going to get dumped off somewhere for, for the financial savings. And, and then the four pitchers, I mean, 
we know the deal with with really uh, minor league relievers and maybe guys who could start. Muller, big lefty. If he ever throws strikes, he'll probably have a career, but I, I question that. I know Freddie Tarnock has had fans. Roy Bear Salinas has some fans, even though he's in the lower levels of the minors. But really, for me, I saw this deal as a Sean Murphy for William Contreras deal. The weirdness of it, of course, is that William Contreras somehow is going to the Brewers and not the <laughs> Athletics. Yeah, I think that's a good read on the whole thing. And I, we're not just dismissing everything else in the trade. There is still a chance that Kyle Muller, the light goes on and he becomes really good. But uh, while he was considered the number one or number two prospect in the Brave system, um, by even you know, all accounts nationally, he's not a prime prospect anymore. Uh, it's because the system is so far down. We talked about this actually yesterday on the show about Justin Henry Malloy. Um, similar similar situation. Muller is generally a little bit more highly regarded, has been a top prospect for a long time, but he's not a top 100 guy for most people. So he's the number one prospect in this deal, but it's more of a Contreras Plus, it's not a Contreras and then a bunch of other stuff along with him. So that's part of this. And yeah, the thing is, uh, I'm going to use this as an example. I don't always love baseball trade values as a concept. There is a, as a portal there. It's actually very useful, to be honest. I don't take it as gospel, though. But it's like essentially it assigns a, a, a value to every player. And like you can kind of do fake trades like you would do in the NBA or something like that. Um, and it literally rejected the deal for the A's. It could not process the deal. For the A's because it was so bad for the A's in their system. Basically, that projection had the Braves as a slight positive in the deal, which is kind of, by the way, how I think, as we'll get into in a second. I think this deal is slightly positive for the Braves. It's not a blockbuster home run grand slam. But like you got into a second ago, for the Brewers, and this is a heist. It's, it's one of those deals where like the Brewers probably think this is Christmas morning, and right, rightfully so. They give up very little. And even if you don't love Contreras, and we do like Contreras, the two of us do, but like even if you didn't love him, He's almost free, and he's like a really, really, really good hitter already. I don't know. It's a bizarre situation. The A's are, like you said, rightfully the punching bags here. And we'll stop talking about the A's and the Brewers now. But uh, it is one of those crazy deals where one side, the Brewer side, is basically universally praised and with good reason. And one side is just annihilated, and it's the A's. And yeah, maybe somebody blows up for the A's. Maybe Kyle Moore becomes awesome. But short of that, I don't know what the A's are doing either. And why would you just take Contreras? This could have easily been a two-team deal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like if you told me that we were doing this podcast and it was a two team trade with Atlanta and Oakland and the Braves got Sean Murphy, arguably the best catcher in baseball, signed team friendly deal in his prime. And they had to give up, give up William Contreras, who's really good. I do think there are questions about Bill's long term. Can he be a catcher or at least a, a catcher who you feel good about every night? We'll see. And then, you know, they, they unloaded Manny Pena they cleared up some of the 40-man roster crunch with Kyle Muller and Freddie Tarnock uh, and then a couple of younger arms as well. You know, I think that, to me, would have been a little more straightforward. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, if I have a good buddy who is an Oakland Athletics fan, like diehard Oakland A's, and he is beside himself. I also have buddies who are Milwaukee Brewers fans, and they are like, wow, this is pretty great, right? Like, I know uh, – I know, um, Milwaukee gave up a, a speedy outfielder to Oakland in order to make this happen, but I really just don't get it uh, from their perspective. But hey, credit to the Brewers. They, they're they a well-run team, and, and as we just said, the Braves are getting a really, really talented catcher. Absolutely, and 
using that using that as a segue i'm going to go to a break right now but when we come back we're going to have a full breakdown of sean murphy and kind of what he brings to the table as well as our more thorough evaluation of what the braves are sending out here stay tuned we'll be right back after this work from our sponsors what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape this is scott galloway host of the prop g podcast and an entrepreneur myself Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott, let us dive into Sean Murphy, uh, who, again, we talked about a couple weeks ago, but only in a cursory reading because of the fine sand walk back <laughs> that happened at that point. He just turned 28. He, as I think you said earlier, he turned, he's actually has three seasons of team control remaining. His arbitration projection for this year is three and a half million dollars. So he's very cheap right now, actually making less money if that projection holds than Manny Pena is making. For 2023, which is kind of funny. Um, and even though I, I don't actually like many, I like many Pena, he's not Sean Murphy. Um, he just had a five-win season, according to you know, war and all that stuff. He was really, really, really good. It was his best full year, like full season, 162, uh, at the plate. Um, a 122 WRC plus for the season. Not an elite hitter, I will say. He is much more of a uh, defender than a hitter, but at the same time, he is a good hitter. Um, that is worth just emphasizing, especially at catcher, where catcher, as we are fond of saying on this podcast, the baseline of catcher is so low. He's a legitimately good hitter on top of being arguably the best defender in baseball at catcher, maybe top two, if not number one. Um, so that's kind of a short synopsis. Uh, we'll get into kind of what he might be able to do in Atlanta, especially as he leaves the uh, ugliness of the Oakland ballpark. But um, what do you make of Murphy as a player and uh, kind of uh, comparing him, I guess, on some level to Contreras, because uh, I think as we'll get into, Murphy's going to play a lot on this team, even with Darnell around. Yeah, I know for a lot of folks who are maybe on the East Coast, like Sean Murphy's games out in Oakland started as a lot of people are like brushing their teeth and getting ready for bed. Uh, so not necessarily a household name, although I think he is going to become a household name in a hurry especially among Braves fans, uh, really just you you mentioned how bad catcher is across the league. Even if Murphy didn't hit, like take away his very, very, very above average bat, right? Like you look at his numbers offensively and last season he was comparable to guys like Matt Olson and Corey Seager and Reese Hoskins in terms of overall numbers. Like those are really good hitters. And then you add in the fact that Murphy is this awesome defensive catcher. It will be the first time in a long time that the Braves have a very good defensive catcher behind the plate, somebody who can throw out runners. I believe Murphy had the second fastest pop time from the plate to second base, which is huge for a couple of reasons. One, it controls the run game. But with the new rules that are going into place with the pitch clock and the limitations on the number of times that uh, pitchers can throw over to first base. That is huge. I, I don't think folks necessarily realize it. And I didn't realize it until I saw someone talking about it a little while ago, but it's going to be a different game next season and moving forward whenever there's a runner on first base. Um, so with that said, the defense is awesome. He can really hit. And not only can Murphy really hit, 
He has actually underperformed the last two years. If you look at things like his StatCast data and some of the very advanced analytics, uh, like his expected WOBA versus what his actual WOBA was. And I know a lot of our listeners probably aren't (laughs) super familiar with those numbers, but the too long didn't read version is this is a really good player. He hits well. He is supremely talented defensively. And he is going to do wonders for this team behind the plate. Yeah, that's basically a good synopsis. And, you know, part of that underperformance about his StatCast data is the fact that he's been playing in Oakland. And uh, Mike Petriello, who does great work at MLB.com, wrote this up quickly today after the trade. But um, basically, Murphy's numbers, uh, for instance, his OPS is more than 100 points lower at home than on the road, which is not usually what you see for most guys. And it's basically explained very simply by the fact that Oakland rates as the worst hitters park for right-handed hitters, which Murphy is in all of baseball. And now he's going to the Braves, which are probably closer to neutral, maybe even a little bit positive for right-handed hitters. If you go, if you look at the numbers. So uh, just that bump alone should really help him and his actual raw data in terms of the offensive numbers. But yeah, he's been really good. And look, look, nothing is assured. Um, He is 28. He's not like, over the hill, but you know, it doesn't mean he's definitely going to come in and be the best best catcher in baseball this year. But if you go by the last three seasons, he's only been worse by the numbers than one catcher in baseball. And it's JT or JT Real Muda, who of course the Braves kind of famously were tied to a couple of off, off seasons ago, and he's been a star for a long time. Uh, but Murphy's been worth 10 fangrafts war in the last three seasons. And by the way, that includes the less than half season in 2020, which is the, which is kind of makes it look even better. He's basically been a four win on average player per season, elite defense. He's got great pop times, framing numbers. I guess maybe if you were a skeptic of this, you might point to the fact that a, a, there could be a chance that the framing no longer matters after they go to the robo umps at some point, but I don't think it's going to happen that soon. So anyway, long story short, this move definitely helps the Braves now. No matter what you think about William Contreras, and I think he's going to be, he already is a good player and he will be a good player. We'll talk about him now. Um, I, I think that it, it's fair to say that Murphy is a better player than Contreras right now. And yes, Contreras is younger and under control for longer, but especially at catcher in particular, it seems like the Braves might've been a little bit lower on Contreras defensively than some of the fans are in particular also. And Anthopoulos is speaking to the media right now as we speak and already said, like, part of the calculus here is that Darno only has one more season of potential control under his belt. And he's 34 years old and they kind of wanted to lock up something long term. That all makes sense, especially if the Braves did not necessarily view William Contreras as their everyday catcher moving forward. Yeah, that's well said. And you and I and I would imagine a very, very large majority of Braves fans love William Contreras. I think he's going into a really good situation, <clears throat> excuse me, situation in Milwaukee. They've historically done a nice job developing catchers. So hopefully he's able to stick there long term. But you're right. Darno is 34. Last year he was healthy. That has not necessarily been the norm for Travis over his his long career. Um, catchers get hurt a lot. And as we've noted too, we, we talked about the catcher position just the other day on the podcast. You know, it's really tough, the the physical beating and toll that catchers get just in general. And then you you add in the fact that they're catching in Atlanta. I don't have to tell a lot of our listeners in the South how hot it gets over the summer months. I mean, that, that is a physically demanding job every single night behind the plate. You mix in day games as well. 
it's just a lot. And the fact the Braves are going to go into the season with Murphy and Darno as their catching tandem, I would imagine both of them, especially Darno, are going to see time at DH. Uh, maybe that helps extend Darno's uh, upside a little bit uh, because Murphy's really good. I mean, I know historically the Braves have been fairly close to a 50 50 platoon split in recent years, maybe more 60 40. But Murphy is so good behind the plate. I have to think he's going to be out there 60, maybe 70% of the time behind the plate. And then as we saw, it is with the benefit of the DH, it's not hard to find at bats for your second catcher. Yeah, and the Braves don't have, at least right now, have that guy who they have to play DH. You know, that was supposed to be Mar- Marcelo Zuna, famously. He's not good enough to demand that role. So if they use kind of the revolving door approach at DH, that will give them enough playing time for both guys. And it's not a problem at all to have two fantastic catchers. One of one of them is a star in Murphy, and one of them is like the next step down in Darno. And look, we both like Contreras. I think that we raved about his bat a couple of weeks ago on this same podcast, and he has gotten better as a defender. Um, he led all catchers last year, at least catcher el- eligible players in WRC+. Plus. That's a pretty small sample size, but no matter what, I think he's going to hit. I, I do think this is a real cost. It's not like they, the Braves got Sean Murphy for free. As much as we are raving about Murphy, they paid an appropriate price. Like Even that baseball trade values estimator had this only a slight positive for the Braves. That's still a winning trade if you want to look at it that way. But Contreras is a real cost here, and he does um, have the potential to be a fantastic like maybe even a star level player down the line, especially if he can stick a catcher. If he's, if he's just a DH, then maybe not a full on star, but he hits like a guy who can play DH full time. And that's actually pretty impressive for a guy his age. So I don't want to overlook that. I think we've probably acknowledged it enough, but uh, you know, on the way out, Wild Bill, a guy we've, we definitely appreciate it. And we, we kind of we wish to have played more last year in particular down the stretch. I definitely wish him the best. I'll say just because I think he's a fun player and I think he will, uh, probably mash at some point against the Braves in Milwaukee and people will have the discourse all over again, but I like Contreras and they paid a real cost here. Yeah, they did. And I don't know if anybody had Sean Murphy or just the catcher position in general as the first square on the bingo card to check off this off season. And maybe that's why there was a little more confusion or unrest. Um, To be clear, the Braves still have a big hole at shortstop. They still have, some kind of a hole at left field. And of course, trading for Sean Murphy and and also trading arguably your biggest trade asset to acquire that said catcher, I think was just, it caught people off guard, quite honestly. And I think the Braves are a better team today than they were 24 hours ago. If you asked me who was going to have the better season next year, I would take Sean Murphy over William Contreras. Um, I think just all of kind of the noise surrounding the trade and everything that led up to it in the couple of hours before it went final, I think just brought some confusion. There was all of the speculation. Oh, are the Braves getting Willie Adamas from Milwaukee as well? Is is Oakland sending more pieces? Is Milwaukee sending someone else? I think that was just really what was fueling all of the confusion around this. But now that we've had a chance to take a step back and it's officially been announced, I think we can see it for what it is. And uh, you know, make make no mistake, even if you aren't necessarily familiar with Sean Murphy's game after spending all the time in Oakland. I mean, this guy is a really, really good catcher. Yeah, that's that's well said. Um, 
you know, the rest of it, it is what it is. Like Manny Pena, not going to be back. They saved some money there for uh, for this season. That probably is at least, I think as soon as you trade for Sean Murphy, you have to get Manny Pena off the roster just for cost reasons. It's not like he's a bad player. He's probably worth that contract. But when you now truly have two catcher first, catcher only players who are good ahead of him, he can't be on your team making four and a half million dollars. Um, we talked about Moeller and Tarnock and Salinas and all that stuff. So as far as the um, the overall thing is concerned, we'll kind of wrap it up in a second. Anthopolis is speaking to the media right now. I talked about this a second ago, but he already assured reportedly that um, to, uh, he, he talked to Darno and said Darno's not going to go anywhere. And he's there's plenty of playing time, which we agree with. It seems like he's really been positive on Murphy's defense. Not that that's a huge surprise, but that was apparently a priority for the Braves to have that elite player at an elite position, which is what he talked about there. And uh, apparently, according to Anthopolis, I'm not, I'm not sure if I believe this or not. He talked about the uh, not 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 really seeing a path to, to acquiring Murphy until Saturday, which is two days ago as we record this podcast. I wonder if it was before that, but we'll see. Um, other than that, like not a whole lot else to report on. Like he basically got a couple questions about shortstop and said nothing, as you might expect, Scott. Um, and I think, like you said a second ago, a lot of the reactions are some form of not understanding or appreciating how good Sean Murphy is. Also, maybe slightly overrating Contreras locally. That's what happens with, with, with your own guys. And I, I totally get that. Everybody likes Contreras. And then also like just understanding that this does not plug the other holes. This does make the team better in my estimation, which I'll ask you about in a second too. But it does, it does make the team better, but you still have the same quote unquote, the same holes that you had coming into the off season. I think everybody's just kind of antsy about that, but it's worth taking a step back and just kind of looking at what the deal actually does and it's essentially a upgrade on Contreras to Murphy for the price of not I don't I don't want to use the term throw-ins but it's a it's a quantity over quality haul and uh, again there's some risk always that one of these prospects blows up on you and makes you look silly down the line but um given what what I've been told and what we understand about these prospects they're not giving up a ton of a ton of capital here so I don't know I, I overall I guess before we get out of here Scott I I like this move a lot I don't think it's Again, a grand slam where we're falling all over each other to, to praise the front office. But I would have done this deal if it was offered to me, which uh, basically just gives me the uh, the thumbs up if I have to give one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if essentially we said a little while ago, three years of of Sean Murphy for five years of William Contreras for me was basically the trade. And then for whatever reason, Oakland decided to do its thing and Contreras is going to play in Milwaukee instead. Uh, you mentioned getting rid of Manny Pena for the year that he was left under control is is fine. Probably not going to play much anyway. And then, yeah, I mean, Kyle Muller is 25 years old. If he suddenly figures it out, the fact is he probably wasn't going to figure it out in Atlanta. I'm sure for for Kyle and even Freddie Tarnock, they, they might be happy to go to Oakland. I think they have a much clearer path to making starts out in Oakland than they did in Atlanta. Um, and then again, man, young pitching prospects. Who knows? Maybe in five years, we're talking about uh, Roy Bear Salinas as a as a top tier reliever, a top tier arm. But you just don't know. They're they're a dime a dozen. Uh, he could be great. We could also, you know, he could be out of baseball in three years. You just don't know with with players like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I, I agree with what you said. It wasn't some oh my god, how did they just pull the heist of the century? But Sean Murphy, again, I'd be a broken record, but this guy can really play. And I think Braves fans are going to be really happy whenever they get to see him in the spring. Yeah, to bring things full circle, the the dance around your 
home or office return was the Brewers return <laughs> in this trade. Um, yeah. Whereas yeah. Uh, the Braves got the best player in the deal, though, which is what it comes down to. It's a little bit less exciting than some. Sean Murphy truly is about as anonymous of a good player as you will find because of the fact the A's are uh, totally and utterly off the radar. And he's a catcher. He's not famous. I get all that. But uh, he is... Uh, I've already seen some, even as we're recording this, some people talking about how Contreras is as good or better than Murphy. That's with respect to Contreras. That's not true, uh, at least by the numbers so far. Um, maybe it will be in the future. I'm not. I'm not ruling that out. But I think the Braves got the best player on the deal. They improved their roster now for 2023, and they did it at a reasonable cost. So that's all I got for now, Scott. Uh, I, we'll obviously have. Uh, we're on high alert with regard to shortstop and maybe left field and all of what's transpiring there. It's still pretty early in the offseason. I know it feels like it's been happening for a while now. We're still in mid-December. We got like three months to go before uh, a whole lot of stuff happens in the baseball world, we, we, actually on the field. But, you know, the Braves have done actually a decent amount of stuff. This is uh, this is one of the bigger trades of the offseason by any team. Uh, obviously, free agency has been more high profile with the names flying around in the last couple of weeks. But Murphy as a trade piece is one of the best guys that's been available so far. The Braves got him. And uh, this, is, yeah. this is a good team, Scott. Let's just say that. The Braves are still pretty good. They are. They absolutely are. We talked about just how talented this roster is. Even without doing anything at shortstop or upgrading left field, I mean, it's just a really good team. Um, and you're right. It seems like I would imagine maybe the next 10 days or so, the next 10 calendar days, we're going to see quite a bit more movement, not only in Atlanta, but across the league. Uh, Chris Bassett also signed. He was probably the second best free agent on the market. He's going to Toronto. Christian Vasquez, who is a longtime catcher, he's supposedly about to sign. So there is plenty of movement. There was a ton of movement last week, which we talked about on the podcast last night. And I think before the, the front offices generally close down the week between Christmas and New Year's, I think a lot of teams are probably feeling a little bit of a crunch to – uh, get some things done before then. But even then, you still have all of January and most of February before spring training starts. Yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of time for things to happen. We do reserve the right, as we always say, um, to pivot on our overall feelings if the Braves decide to just do nothing at shortstop and left field. I think we'll not be thrilled with that, as we talked about in the past. And we do want to plug our archive and not do the whole, the whole thing over again. But uh, even yesterday, we talked about how if the Braves roll with uh, uninspiring shortstop options. It's not going to feel great after last season, the way that Dansby performed. That's still on the table. There's still Dansby out there uh, twisting. I think he's on his honeymoon right now. Congratulations to, again to him for his wedding over the weekend. But um, between that and left field situation, there's work to be done, but the Braves are still very good. They have the core, they have the core sign long-term. Sean Murphy is now a top-tier player for the next three seasons on the Braves roster. They could even extend Sean Murphy. It wouldn't stun me if they did that. I wouldn't say they're probably going to do that now necessarily, but they could do that in the, in the coming days if they wanted to. And uh, overall, a deal that you and I seem to like maybe a little bit more than some people do. That's okay. Uh, and again, we do we do hope that Contreras plays well elsewhere. I do like William Contreras. And uh, the Wild Bill moniker dies here, Scott, I guess. Uh, we uh, talked about him in glowing terms and probably won't talk about him a lot moving forward. So there you go. RIP. Yeah. No, I hope <laughs> I hope he does well. I hope. I mean, I sincerely hope he does well. I just said I, I hope that Kyle and Freddie get an opportunity to, to pitch out in Oakland um, yeah, I mean, anytime you want to acquire talented players, I know it's this ongoing battle of, well, you want to get good players, but you don't necessarily want to trade away your prospects or your, your young big leaguers, but that's what you have to do to, to acquire a talented player like Murphy. Um, and we'll see again, I think if this trade was made, let's say in a month and the Braves had already figured out what they were going to do at shortstop and maybe they had signed somebody in left field, 
I think it would have kind of fit the timeline a little bit neater. But as we know, those things are often out of the hands and control of a front office. And um, I mean, it took me by surprise. I know when the first uh, Sean Murphy report from Mark Feinsand came out for a hot 20 minutes before it got shot down. I was confused. I was like, well, it doesn't make much sense, but I, I guess you could work your way to it. And it was a weird way of getting there with, with the nine player three team trade, but here we are. I think the Braves are in better shape today than they were. Obviously we're, we're hoping for the best for William. He seems like a really good kid. And I think he's going to do just fine in Milwaukee, uh, but a big day. And I would imagine there'll be more of these in the future. Absolutely. All right. That's it for us. We will have more coverage coming this week, even if it's not necessarily me and Scott. I think on the agenda, Sean Coleman will be talking about some of the minor league fallout from this with regard to Tarnock and Moeller and Salinas, etc. We'll have, uh, I'm sure, more coverage from the podcast to be named later on the same feed with Chris and Steven. And we do encourage everyone to subscribe to the show across uh, platforms, even multiple times if you are uh, looking to support our work. Also, auto-download and leave ratings and reviews uh follow scott on twitter at scott 55 for all of your st louis blues takes i guess i'm just kidding scott um <laughs> follow me on twitter if you'd like to at bt roland follow the podcast slash website at battery power sbn and there's also a lot of written content happening i know that chris is transcribing as we speak alex Anthopoulos's comments that'll be written up at some point tonight on batterypower.com we'll have full ongoing coverage. We do appreciate everyone listening to the podcast in this emergency edition on a Monday evening. We hope you have a good week and we'll see you all next time. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.